Welcome on in, lacrosse fans, sports bettors alike. It's another bet on lacrosse live edition. I love it when we do this. It takes me back to my radio days, boys. I, I haven't hosted a radio show in probably shoo, like a year, year and a half. But when we hop on the Twitter spaces, love doing it. And this is a little something new that we've been doing. We've been putting out our thoughts live into the Twitter sphere. And at the end of each episode, we also allow you guys and gals to hop in and give us your thoughts on this weekend's NCAA and NLL slates. If you don't know me, I'm your host, Dan Alexander, and the boys are back in town. It's apropos. Tomorrow is uh, is St. Patty's Day, and the boys are back in town. Finn Lizzie. If you didn't know, they're actually an Irish band. So now you just learned a little something outside of the gold we're about to drop on your heads here. Again, I'm Dan Alexander, joined by FOS business writer Justin Byers and Hutton Jackson from Action Network. JB, I'll start with you, man. We're back at it, brother. And it feels good, man. How are you doing tonight? I'm feeling great. I'm feeling lucky. It's a pleasure to speak some lacrosse and some ball with you guys. You're not lying, man. I, when I when this slate came out, because last week was like a pure pass week for me. Uh, I, I actually don't think, trying to rack my brain, I played one bet last weekend, and it was um, it was Johns Hopkins. And I, and I got home with it. I was happy with that one, but it was a pure, like as far as like public plays for me, I just didn't like anything on the board. So it was a great learning experience of, you know, not forcing any plays, and I'm better because of it. I looked at this board, and man, I was licking my chops. Hutton, how are you doing, man? Thanks for joining us here as well. And uh, were, were you as excited when you saw this slate? Because I think there is some juicy money-making opportunities this week, man. Yeah, I'm excited about this weekend's uh, slate. Um, last weekend, I also kind of stayed away. I kind of reached a little bit on Cornell Meister and a half. That didn't pan out. Thankfully, I had the NLL to save me last weekend. So I did decent last weekend because of the NLL, not because of NCAA, but definitely like the board this weekend a lot better. And we got a big game uh, rematch from last year's championship I'm excited to talk about. Yeah, I, I mean, that that's probably – that's like the, the, the entree, but there's so many apps and sides – and you can tell I haven't eaten dinner yet because that's all I'm thinking about is this slate and delicious slate of lacrosse we have. And again, I think there is not only some terrific games, like Hutton said, um, you know, with, with, with that that rematch of the national championship, potentially we were talking before we started our space here, maybe even a preview of, of this year's national championship that'll be taking place this weekend as UVA and Maryland are squaring off. But there's some great kind of play going in the Ivy League this weekend. Great to see those teams back in action after being off for a year last year due to COVID. Um, Does this fade Syracuse train continue? We'll be talking about that. And we'll also give some best bets. So if you're just joining us, this is your first time ever listening in to our Bet on the Cross Twitter space. We kind of do a wraparound. We talk a little bit of what happened last week, what we learned in the NCAA, both uh, betting implications and just some macro stuff as well. We'll run down some different games that we're eyeing. Um, If we have any plays in those, we'll give them. We'll give you your best bets. And then we'll swing things around to the indoor side of things talk a little box lacrosse recap what took place as as the NLL is rolling along I mean we're, we're getting close to playoff time always exciting when that starts rolling around we'll talk a little bit about some future markets there's been some serious move there also we're gonna have Hutton break down the NLL trade deadline I, I don't know if there's as much 
betting implications that we maybe learn from the NLL trade deadline, but there's definitely some movement as far as maybe feeling a little bit more confident on some of these teams or how some of these players are going to fit in. I always default to Hutton on that stuff. One of the uh, best in the biz at not only breaking that news, but kind of analyzing what's the best. We have some plays for the NLL. And when we do all that, We're going to open it on up. You can drop in a request to join the Twitter space here as a speaker, and you can either throw us a little Q&A, or you can give us some of your favorite plays for the weekend. Whatever, the time is yours. That's what we do to wrap each and every bet on lacrosse Twitter space that we do here. So without any further ado, let's get into it, boys and girls, and everybody that's listening in. It's the recap time. Man, JB, I'm going to throw it your way, man. What do we do with this Duke team? I I, I mean, it, 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 when it was Jacksonville who upset them, we were like, oh, you know, it's, it's, it's a surging team early in the season. This always happens in February. And now Duke ends up losing to a Loyola team that's kind of sleptwalked for a better, for lack of a better term, kind of sleptwalked through the start of the season. What the another outright upset and Duke was shellacked in that game, JB. What is going on there? I have a lot of faith in this Duke team, and it's starting to dwindle because I'm not quite sure where this team is headed. Prior to the season, I placed a, a pretty large future on Duke to win it all, and now with this loss to Loyola, it's it's looking shaky. I'm not quite sure what to make of this team. We've seen some good lacrosse from them simply because they're they're too talented not to play well at some point. But we've also seen them play with their food and not finish games. That's exactly what we saw in Loyola. And you can't do that in April and May and expect to get very far, especially with the rest of the season they've got. They've got a tough slate where they go Towson, Syracuse, and North Carolina, Notre Dame. They could potentially go one and three in that four game span. So this year, this this Syracuse team is it's beatable, but this Duke team, if they don't get their act together, it's going to be a long rest of the season. Now, I mean, I don't know if you have anything more to add to that part, Hutton. I think he kind of hit the nail on the head. Is you you keep feeling like this Duke team is going to come alive a little bit, that they're finally going to shake out of it, and it's just starting to be real frustrating. If you're trying to back the blue devils, either you're a fan, either you have a future, it's just kind of been a a, a major question mark around this team. And they haven't really answered that bell yet. Like, like you feel like these ACC teams, I look at them, I, I look at a UNC and, you know, I think you can explain it away a little bit more with a UNC who has some youth, um, who's had some shaky play in cage, with Duke, I mean, you have a solid face-off guy. You have uh, a, a solid attack. You you have some veterans on that back end too. Um, I, it's just it's it's a little head scratch in there. I, if if you don't have anything else on, on Duke, you have anything else that you were kind of eyeing this weekend, or uh, or any thoughts on just how Duke's kind of been sleepwalking and and really hasn't woken up, Hutton. Yeah, I mean, one thing too to consider is you know some of Duke's players actually played other sports in the spring or in the fall. That kind of maybe, you know, coming in the spring, there's not as much chemistry. I, I don't know. That could be kind of a recipe. They also have a lot of talent. Um, and you, sometimes talent alone doesn't, you know, win you games. So, I don't know. They're a head scratcher for me. For the meantime, I'm definitely not going to be necessarily fading them. 
but I'm going to avoid any games that they're in, I think, for the meantime, because I just don't know what I'm getting each week. Like this game, you know, on paper, I looked at it. I'm like, I kind of like Towson plus four and a half against Duke. Um, but Towson hasn't been that great either. They've kind of been inconsistent. So it's a game where I could see Duke coming out like after a tough loss to Loyola and really, you know, pounding the Towson Tigers, or you could see Towson who beat Loyola earlier this season, you know, making it a game. So, you know, for right now, I don't know if I'm necessarily on the fade the blue devils train, but I'm definitely avoiding games that they're in, um, you know, and, uh, I know before we get to the UVA Maryland game, another game I'm looking at, you know, Syracuse Stony Brook, uh, Syracuse is a team that I'm thinking about fading just because they have been getting very favorable spreads um, and they haven't been covering. They've played some tough opponents. So, you know, I don't want to take anything away from them. Um, you know, I don't think Stony Brook's going to be the toughest team they face this uh, year, but uh, plus or uh, minus two and a half. I don't know if it's time to maybe start fading Syracuse. That's kind of where I'm looking right now, but um, those are my thoughts. Yeah, and I'm glad that you bring up Syracuse there because, as I mentioned at the top, my one lone bet that I placed, my one lone bet I won was on Johns Hopkins kind of spoiling the big homecoming, right? Petro's coming to town. This staff is incredible. What are, what are we get? They're going to be laying a herd on them. It's, it's payback time. It's revenge. This is why I I, I really wish I would have made Hopkins a an official play because it's the exact type of situation I love fading. When all the narratives are going one way and everybody's talking about the homecoming, that was more important to me than any you know thing that was going to happen on the field there is when when there's a lot of hype when there's a lot of momentum going one way where it seems like all fans are are buying into one narrative that here comes the homecoming I love fading that kind of stuff, and I feel like the the more likely thing was that was going to happen was Hopkins going to rise to the bell, or was Syracuse going to have a letdown in a spot that everyone was overhyping? I personally thought the latter. You know, I, I put my money where my mouth was, and that was the loan ticket that I cashed. So I'm not sure, you know, if it was more of a you know it's fade Syracuse time thing for me, or if it was more just hey this spot set up really nicely. I think you guys have a pretty decent case uh, coming up here in a little bit. Maybe why you might look towards Stony Brook. One other thing before we move on and talk about how last weekend we had the first ever live betting opportunity. And I want to know if you guys got any live bets in. But really, the the the, the thing to kind of wrap it is just, you know, Syracuse – I don't know. I'll save that for when we talk about the Stony Brook game, because I I have some serious thoughts about that. And I do want to get to this live betting. Um, So so last weekend we tweeted it out from our our bet on lacrosse account that uh, the alert was sounded. We all ran to our DraftKings accounts because for the first time ever, we had some live wagering opportunities. It was Ohio State. It was taken on Notre Dame. So before I get your guys' thoughts and see, did you guys even get in on this? I feel like it was just interesting to me that the one game that was offered, the one game that there was live betting opportunities was a game featuring Notre Dame. And Notre Dame now drops to one and two. They're, they're, they're you know, falling, falling out of the sky quickly here. And what was everybody thinking? Well, Notre Dame can't possibly lose this game. They were favorites beforehand. So DraftKings probably got a boatload of Notre Dame money throwing that up as a live line because there was a lot of people who were just saying, oh, my God, the comeback is on. The comeback is real. You know, this was a huge lead by Ohio State. And how many people probably just 
opened that up, saw, oh my goodness, live betting opportunity, hammer Notre Dame. I would argue that might have been DraftKings' best side win. And I don't have any numbers to reflect this or anything, but I just think when you have a public team like Notre Dame that has a lot of support, they probably have a lot of futures um, exposure on Notre Dame as well, that they know that this is a team people like hammering. They probably clean up on Notre Dame money as Ohio State still ends up getting the uh, outright win. So, Hutton, I'll throw it back your way. Um, did you try getting in any bets? Did you Were you able to get any live bets? Because I didn't like anything enough. I still wanted to hit Ohio State. By the time I got there, the value was kind of, uh, kind of dried up. So were you able to get anything in? Did you get under the wire? No, I, I was close. The key thing, too, with live betting for people that haven't done it before is make sure you're watching the game on you know a stream that is – the most close to the actual game because uh, I was just following on my phone, saw an opportunity where Ohio State went up. They were up 8-7, um, went to go place. They were plus 110 on the money line still, despite being up by a goal because, you know, going into the game, they were underdogs. I'm like, oh, that's a good spot. Go to place the bet, and it had already been closed out. Just missed it, just barely. And then they dropped down to minus 105 because they had just scored a goal. Um, I think it was minus 105, minus 110. They'd just gone up 9-7. Kind of thought about it, but like I feel like you know I, I don't know about you guys, but whenever I have an opportunity to get like plus money on a live line, and then the team goes up higher, and I lose out on that value, like it just it it turns me off. So I end up not betting on it because um, I still thought you know there's a chance Notre Dame comes back. I don't want to like you know I, I like betting the the live plus money um, when I can. You know for an underdog that's got the lead, you know it's rare that you get those. Whenever they're available, I try to hit them, but. Um, no, I did not. Long story short, I did not get a live bet in, unfortunately. So, so that was the long way of being like, just missed it. <laughs> just like, just like the, the uh, Twitter account jumped back at you. Well, I'm hoping we get some live opportunities. I wouldn't be shocked with how marquee this UVA and Maryland matchup is if they don't throw up a live line if somebody gets up pretty big in this game because I think it's going to be a seesaw back and forth, and I think that's a great segue start looking at some of the action this week as we kind of got a retrospect of what happened last week. And, JB, I'm throwing it your way. It's UVA, it's Maryland, and I think uh, I, I'm standing on an island because uh, I feel like you and my boy Hutton are all wahooed up. What, what, you know, as far as you know, the betting implications, sure, for this game, but figures to be a terrific matchup, the championship rematch, a potential championship preview it's Virginia, it's Maryland, and uh, it's Justin Byers of FOS Sports. What are you thinking, man? You know, I'm looking at this game in two ways. Maryland has the better lacrosse players. Virginia has the better athletes. And I think Virginia's going to get up and down the field this Saturday and kind of wear out Maryland in between the lines, getting ground balls. They do the little things well, and I think I think that's going to be the difference. Don't Don't get me wrong. Tillman's a wonderful coach. As as we all know, he's gotten Maryland to multiple championship games and has also gotten them a championship. So he's no fluke, and he's going to have his team prepared. But the run that Virginia's on right now is just uh, – no one's really matching it. There's no other team I've been able to watch and, and see compete with a team that's playing with the speed that Virginia has. And for that reason, I, I'm, I'm leaning that way, and I – I love this this Cavaliers team because they they play the game the right way and they do it on all three phases, whether it be face-offs, defense, and offense. They they're all the way fluid and I think that's the reason why they pull it up over over Maryland. 
Ah, man. I mean, you you make the compelling case there. I think also a great point that you make, obviously, about, you know, lacrosse players versus athletes. You know, I I think um, that's that's a hard one to disagree with there. Hutton, I know that the second this line came out, you and I were already saying we're not speaking the entire week because it's rivalry week for you and me. I'm kidding, of course. I mean, that's one of my favorite things about sports betting is the odds makers put up a line. We get to bet what we think. Differing opinions. I'm all for it. It sounds like Justin started making the case for you. Are you going to finish the case for back in the Wahoos? Per se, although we disagreed on the side, we did agree on that a lot of Virginia is going to come in early. Yep. It was going to, you know, move the line a little bit, which it did. That's why I tried grabbing UVA as early as I could. I still only got them at uh, minus 120. So I, I assume they opened up at minus 110. By the time I saw it, it was minus 120 already. Um, so, you know, that kind of tended to, to go the way we expected. It's minus 130 now. So it hasn't moved a ton. Um, but it was originally minus 120. It was plus 120 on the money line. Now it's plus 110. So I ended up putting a unit on the money line as well as uh, 1.2 units on the the spread, um, expecting it to move. And I think what it comes down to, I agree with a lot of what Justin's saying. I think if I was to look at this ahead and if I was to make the odds, I probably would have made UVA the favorite. But from the, the pure numbers perspective, I just think any team that was getting the plus one and a half seems like the favorable play to me because I think these teams are so evenly matched. I think it's going to be a one-goal game. Um, so that's why I, I like back in UVA plus one and a half. I do think they could win as well straight up, but um, I just think if this line was flipped, you know, and Maryland was getting the plus one and a half, I think I might've been maybe looking the other way just because I think this game is going to be so tight. Um, but if I have to pick, I, I do like UVA in this game to, to win against Maryland. So, uh, so I'm, I'm right there with you, man, as far as, um, you know, making sure that you stay with your bankroll, whatever your unit size is, you're going there where I'm not with you is I'll be the lone detractor. I'll, I'll be the Terps guy. And for me, I was just talking about how I love bucking public narratives. And I don't think there's a bigger public narrative currently than Virginia's this powerhouse that's just rolling over people. Like, the scoreboards indicate that. But they've caught some teams in some really advantageous spots for Virginia. I mean, you got to win against Air Force. You roll Air Force in their first game. You know, amazing. High point. You end up beating High Point by one goal. I mean, I think people are kind of forgetting that High Point took them down the wire. You play against Towson. You blow them out. It was Towson's kind of right out of the gate as well. You show Syracuse, who we're all on this kind of fade Syracuse bandwagon. They were the ones who exposed Syracuse for what they are. They roll up on Johns Hopkins in a look-ahead spot where they were thinking about how, oh, we got Petro coming to town. And then in the UNC game, they were losing at halftime. Uh, You know, I, I, I understand they ended up rolling, but with one goal scored in the second half, how much of that win was UNC losing the game I mean I was just watching that game baffled at what I was seeing offensively for North Carolina out of sorts you know Chris Gray who for as amazing as he is really ball dominant and when things started going sideways just the body language really kind of showing that the game had maybe already been lost in his mind so I get it you know this Virginia team is six and oh they're getting a lot of respect they're getting a lot of love because of what they've been able to accomplish But this is still a Maryland team who there were some players on that team that remembered how their season ended last year. 
And now they get another shot at Virginia. They get it on, you know, a Saturday afternoon in Washington, D.C., neutral site. So we'll still kind of have that allure of being a big game, being uh, not at either team stadium. So I don't know. I think you guys have both talked me at least out of laying a goal, a goal and a half, because I think this is a coin flip game through and through. You know, I, I think what I'm hoping and what I still expect to happen is there will be some solid public money that's going to be coming in on Virginia come Saturday. Once better start rolling out of bed, they start getting some coffee in them. They start, you know, working the seltzers out from the night before and they're trying to decide what am I hammering today? They all get in their group chats and every one guy who's on like a zero and six run is talking about how UVA is a wagon. It's max bet time. I just feel like there's still some money that's going to be coming on UVA. If I'm able to get Maryland around even like a pick em price of minus 110 on just straight up to win the game, I'm going to hammer that. If I'm getting more than like plus 110, I'll maybe sprinkle a half unit size, Maryland minus one and a half. But I, I think the case you guys have made, Virginia, um, is enough to make me think, hey, I, I don't know if either team should be laying a goal and a half in a, in a game like this. But if you're just picking a coin flip winner – I'll be the lone detractor. I'll be the Maryland guy. And then the next space that we have, you guys uh, will, will either get to uh, get to have me brag or we'll get to say, Dan, we tried to tell you, man. And, and, and if anybody knows the Terps, it's my man Hutton. So that, that's what kind of makes me a little worried that I'm the one on the Terps island. But uh, any other thoughts to, uh, to kind of wrap that game, boys, before we, uh, before we get to uh, what to make of the Ivy Leagues? A lot of Ivy League matchups. If you guys have anything else to, uh, to counter back to my uh, soliloquy for the Terps there. This is one of the games like on paper where it's so tough to judge that usually those type of games scare me off where I don't want to play anything, but it's such a marquee matchup that I think this is, could be a fun game for people that maybe are just starting to get in to betting. You know, again, don't throw a lot of money on it. Just, you know, kind of go with your gut, see what you like in this game and then enjoy following along on lacrosse Twitter and stuff. Cause I think this is like you said, a marquee matchup that it's going to be fun to bet on um, and fun to kind of have, have a side, especially if you're, you know, kind of neutral, you know, I, I grew up kind of liking, like the Maryland's like in the, you know, my dad went to Navy. I kind of grew up watching those teams or whatever. Then being from Virginia, not all the way down in Charlottesville, but you know, UVA was another team that I enjoyed watching. So being able to pick a side in this game um, and have a rooting interest, especially if you're just a general lacrosse fan, I think uh, betting can kind of make that a lot more fun. So that's something that I, I would kind of watch with this game. Cause normally, you know, we're going to get in the Ivy leagues, a lot of tough games to, to handicap here too. Um, normally I'd stay away from tough games like this, but this is such a game that you don't really want to miss out on, you know, the narrative and, and the fun of, you know, being in, interact with other people that are betting on this game as well. JB, give us the final word on the matchup of all matchups before we get into some, uh, some Ivy leagues. I, I said a lot there in the case of Maryland, anything to wrap it for the folks before we keep on rolling here. Yeah, I mentioned this in our discussion earlier. Whoever wins this game, I think, is going to win a national championship. Unless Duke really gets it together and maybe if Georgetown really lives up to what they could be, I think either the either Maryland, if they – I mean, if they win this game, they're probably going to go and win it. And if Virginia does, it'll be a three-peat, so we'll see. I think it sounds like he's he's emotionally hedging that Duke future in live time. He, he's he's at the top. Got to. <laughs> that Duke future isn't looking good. So now he has he has three teams potential. But uh, no, I, I think you make a great point there. And I also think 
Hutton and I are both, as we look at this Ivy League slate this week and some interconference play, going to be some terrific matchups, and they're lining it the same kind of way. Coin flip games. Cornell, one-and-a-half-point favorites as they're taking on Yale. Harvard, one-and-a-half-point favorites as they're taking on Brown. Princeton, one-and-a-half-point favorites as they're taking on Penn. If there's any that are really actionable for me there, I would maybe lean with Princeton, but again, I'm just not crazy in these kind of coin flip games to be laying anything. I I think there's a lot of good games that are going to go on there, but I don't know if I can make a case for betting any of them. What what about you, JB? Uh, You know, there's a lot of potential for some money to be made with these Ivy League games simply because the odds are so great. Like if you, if you pick one underdog, you win two out of these three underdogs and you're in good business. And, you know, there's, like you were saying, there's one, there's not one game that really sticks out that I really want to dive into or something I feel like really committed to. But I think getting pinned at plus money in an interconference game is, isn't a bad look. I, I know Princeton's played really well, but Penn's also got a pretty impressive win over Duke and they can compete with the best of them. So I think there's some value there with, with Penn. And also, I, I kind of like Harvard, you know, getting them at pretty much a, uh, a pick them with Brown. Harvard's shown me some some flashes, especially in that game against Ohio State. And we know Ohio State's a good team. And if Harvard can go to the wire with them, then I think Harvard's got themselves a pretty good good squad. So I'm leaning Harvard in that matchup against Brown. And Yale, Yale, we know how good Yale is and how good they've been in the past and how well they're coached. And their matchup against Cornell, it's a tough one. Cornell's buzzing right now. They've, I've watched a couple of their games, and they've really, really played well. They share the ball. They've uh, they've got a really good thing going up there in Ithaca. But the fact that Yale is what they are, I'm really looking at that plus one and a half. Like we were saying with Maryland, Virginia, I think Yale-Cornell could be a one-goal game. So if, I, if I'm really looking at the slate when it comes to the Ivy League teams, I'm, I'm leaning towards Penn. And honestly, I'm kind of falling in love with Harvard. All right. There's nothing more fun than when you start breaking down a matchup and you're like, yeah, I don't really have a play. And then as you talk about the matchup, you're like, oh, wait, how did I not? How did I not see this play before? Um, I, 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 you know. I feel like you make a good point about this Penn team. Um, You know, maybe I'm kind of shortchanging some of their wins. And, you know, I'm also kind of shortchanging that they, they played Georgetown first game out of the gate in a two goal game in a game that I think they were like two and a half point underdog, something like that. Maybe even more. I'll have to go back and check that. So they've been great in a dog role. Um, rolling three straight wins and now moving on into interconference play, interleague play. Um, you know, I, I, I think that's definitely a good look that you have there. Now, Hutton, anything you're kind of eyeing here in the Ivy League or anything, you know, especially in that Princeton-Penn matchup, anything that kind of stands out to you? So uh, I don't think I'm going to touch any of these games. I think these are games I'm going to be, you know, tuned in on because it's going to tell me a lot about these teams. I think right now the Ivy League feels like any team can beat any team. So, you know, if Princeton comes out and wins big against Penn, I can, you know, kind of move them up. If Cornell wins big, I kind of move them up, you know. But if Yale upsets them, you know, I, I think there's – I'm going to probably try to learn a lot more about these teams and, uh, you know, keep my hands off of these six ga- – or these three games, uh, learn a lot more about these six teams. But um, that's kind of how I feel. But, you know, Justin mentioning his Duke future kind of brought back kind of something we kind of discovered last week is uh, 
I'm currently in Jersey and some people are in Virginia. Um, you can't bet on current colleges uh, that are in your state for New Jersey or Virginia. Well, here we got Princeton and Rutgers looking pretty good. And UVA, you know, we're already ready to kind of think they're going to be making it back to the Final Four. So if you're placing a future bet in Virginia and Virginia makes it to the championship um, along with whichever team you bet on, let's say, you know, you bet on Maryland to make it to the championship and you're in Virginia and both Virginia and Maryland make it, you win that futures bet. Um, it goes to the runner-up, um, you know, if a team, Virginia team makes it to the championship. Same in New Jersey. Depending on who loses this Maryland-Virginia game, I might jump on and hopefully their odds move a little bit. Um, so if Maryland loses, you know, maybe I place a future on Maryland thinking that they're still, you know, a good team. They just lost to a good Virginia team. Um, but if, let's say, I place a future on Maryland and they end up playing Rutgers or Princeton in the championship, I win that bet. You know, I don't need Maryland to win. So that's something interesting uh, just for people that are living in New Jersey or Virginia or really any state that doesn't allow you to bet on a state college. Um, that's the same case. But those are some notable ones because we do believe Virginia can be a Final Four team and Rutgers and Princeton are probably right around there as well. Great points all around right there. All right, last game we're going to preview before we get you some best bets on the NCAA slate. Then we'll shift gears, talk a little NLL, and get you out of here before we end the Twitter space. You can also drop a request to be a speaker right here on our Bet on the Cross Twitter space, and we'll open it up for a little Q&A, and you can also share some of your favorite plays of the week there too. Um, the fade Syracuse train has gotten a lot of passengers over, over the last few weeks uh the conductor working overtime to punch all those tickets there they're two and a half point favorites against stony brook and i think probably hutton i'm gonna throw it back your way and then i'll get justin's thoughts before uh before we kind of wrap it and then get our favorite plays for the weekends but i i'm just i'm i've tried explaining away some of the issues with syracuse for me it ends up more just that they're not there yet you know what I mean the coaching staff is exciting it's going to be great down the line but in lacrosse especially in division one lacrosse talent is always going to win out and not to knock anybody who's on that roster or anything like that they just they don't have enough talent in enough places to really be competing against the top flight team now is Stony Brook a top flight team not quite there yet, but Hutton, what do you what are you thinking about this squad as you're looking at Syracuse laying the two and a half against Stony Brook? Yeah, I just think you know they're a solid team. They're just not as good as we think they were. I, I think they had a big win against Holy Cross, and we thought, okay, maybe this is you know Syracuse's time to shine or whatever. Um, then they you know lose to Army, not a bad loss, um, but you know just as we progressed, I just think we've seen more and more that they're not a bad team. They're just an average team. But right now, you know, they're getting favorable. They're getting spreads that, you know, make it seem like they're, you know, top 15 team. And right now they're barely, you know, even in the top 20. So um, that's kind of how I feel about it right now. I'm leaning Stony Brook plus two and a half um, just because it's minus one Oh five. Um, I think Stony Brook can cover Stony Brook, you know, took Rutgers down to the wire. Rutgers is the top 10 team. Um, so I think Stony Brook is legit. Um, I might wait though, because, you know, I still think I might be able to get Stony Brook plus three and a half and I'd feel much more comfortable with that than I would two and a half. But, um, right now, you know, I, I see the Stony Brook two and a half and that's kind of where I'm leaning in this one. Um, I just think, you know, Syracuse just like you said, they're, you know, down the line when they get Joey Spolina coming, you know, in a couple years, like 
you know, they're, they're going to get some of these recruits. They're going to be legit. I think it's going to take some time. Um, but right now too, not having Owen Hiltz um, in that lineup, I think hurts them. And um, again, I don't think they're a bad team. I just don't think they're all that like we thought they were at the beginning of the season. JB, are you sick of trying to back this Syracuse team either monetarily or just be like, well, that coaching staff, man, they got to figure it out. Like, What's, what's your vibe around this Syracuse team? I'm officially done with them. I, I've got no no <laughs> love for them anymore. It's it's out the window. I've, I've given them about six weeks, and they've given me nothing. And uh, my heart can't take it anymore. And I'm, I'm, like, looking at these stats right now, and Syracuse, of course, are going to be talented. It's Syracuse University lacrosse. And they've got a, a roster of, what, almost 60 kids, which is huge for a lacrosse team. It's almost – 20 plus bodies more than the average college cross team. So they've got, they've got numbers and they've got talent, but looking at the stats, it's, it's all the hustle plays. They, I just don't think they play with enough effort. They're clearing the ball at 86%, which, you know, for, for some teams that's good, but at Syracuse, that needs to be around 95. They're getting out, outnumbered on ground balls, which that's just effort in itself. That's like rebounding. You either get it or you don't. And they're also, uh, they're losing the turnover battle. They've got uh they've got some cost turnovers that are good numbers, but it's not stacking up to their opponents and what they've been able to put up. And also they've been terrible on man up. Only uh getting man up goals at thirty five percent when you've had seventeen opportunities so far this season, only seeking six goals from that, that's disappointing. So there's a lot of things uh from the Syracuse team that that leave the desired. Like I, I just don't think they're they're a good team from a uh from an X and a Zone standpoint, they've got the talent. It's just not there. Yeah, I, I, I think you guys laid it out there perfectly. I, I'm leaning with you on Stony Brook. I think I'm just staying away from the game, honestly. I, I feel like, you know, Syracuse with the staff they have, with the talent they have, with what JB was just laying out there, um, the statistic profile kind of matches what you're seeing with the eyes, and that's just they're not doing enough right now. And I don't know if that's enough for me to end up putting a bet on it. I'll probably stay away from that one. But we do have some actionable info for you listening in. Our best bet segment coming up here. Favorite NCAA plays for the weekend. Then we're going to recap, talk a little NLL, a little NLL trade deadline, give you some favorite plays there. And then we'll throw open some Q&A for you to join in as well. You can just drop that little request button to join as a speaker. We'll get you in here at the end and you can give us some of your favorite plays for the week. JB, our esteemed guest, front office sports business writer. I give you the floor, man, because this is a play. I don't want to steal none of your thunder that I'm eyeing as well. Best bet time, Justin Byers. What do you got for the folks? I knew I was in good business when we were seeing eye to eye on this play. And uh, we're taking Utah plus five and a half. Any any team that's getting five and a half points, I don't care what kind of loss they're coming off of. In college lacrosse, that's a gimme. These games all season, no matter who's been playing, some of them have been tight. And teams are competing. And you've seen a lot of teams that don't usually win big games succeed. And I think that's the case here. I think Utah... They've got some pretty impressive wins so far this season. They play well. They're uh, they've got pretty well-rounded team. I'd say they're they could be a little bit better offensively at some at some points. But I mean, they've got a great goalie that stands on his head and, and keeps them in games. So that's why I'm leading here with. Uh, actually, I'm not leading. I'm all in on Utah plus five and a half. 
Yeah, and and I will even you know go that step further and just mention the fact that this Utah lacrosse team, I've been very high on them all year long. Last last week, they end up losing outright, and guess what? It was the same week that they were favorites. I've talked about this a lot that there's some teams that just thrive in the underdog role. And I'm not saying that Utah is sitting in their locker room and saying, look at what the odds makers think about us. I'm just saying when it seems like it's a game that they are counted out in, they seem to rise to that. They kind of have that chip on their shoulder kind of feel with that team. They've been a terrific underdog this year. All of their outright wins coming as underdogs. And now they're getting five and a half goals against the Georgetown team who's solid. Don't get me wrong, but they've shown, you know, some cracks in their armor as well. And I also think if Utah did cover the spread, they did win outright against UMBC. You're not seeing five and a half in this. This is a major value play that is a market overreaction to what happened last week. I, like JB, favorite play of the week for me is Utah plus five and a half. Another spot that I like, and I know this is going to give some people agita. This is you need your tums if you're going to roll with me on this play. It's Notre Dame laying two and a half goals. I mean, Hutton laid out a case earlier this year on looking to fade Michigan. Is Michigan for real? And I just feel like this is a shot for Notre Dame to really right the ship. I mean, they are on a skid. I misspoke earlier when I said they were one and two. They're actually one and three. That's I was shocked to even know that. That's 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 why I I I I, I you know was discounting them one. They're on a three game losing streak right now, and now they get back home. This is a chance for them to kind of right all those wrongs. You have a big win against a team that's getting a lot of public support that a lot of people are thinking, oh my goodness, here comes Michigan. This is also a play I would wait to place. I think people are going to roll onto their apps in that same kind of way that I was talking about and say, oh my goodness, Michigan against this. You guys know, you know, Notre Dame's one and three. They've lost three straight games. I mean, it's going to be all of these different narratives of why you should fade and take the points. That's why I'm going to back Notre Dame. I'm going to wait till the last minute to place this. Might even get the one and a half, but uh, I would even be comfortable laying the two and a half. I think this is a major bounce back spot for Notre Dame. Again, maybe we should get our Twitter spaces and maybe my best bet sponsored by Tums because you don't feel good about placing this bet. It may seem a little sick, but Notre Dame laying the two and a half my my secondary best bet for this week. So I'm rolling with Justin. And since we didn't want to shortchange you and only give you one play, but that 100% is my best bet this week. Notre Dame laying the two and a half. Hutton, what are you thinking? Uh, your best bet on the pitch, on the field this week before we uh, take a little peek indoors to talk a little box lacrosse at the NLL. I've leaned a lot of different ways on a lot of these games. Um, and one of them was this Notre Dame minus two and a half. And I think you kind of convinced me to kind of go all in on that as well. Um, I think Notre Dame is due for a win. I think, you know, if their record was better, they'd be getting, a, you know, a larger spread um, against this team. So, yeah, I, I'm leaning Notre Dame or I'm going in on Notre Dame minus two and a half, too. I just think this team's due for a win. Um, like I said, they played some tough competition other than, you know, Detroit Mercy, who they, you know, blew out in the first game of the season. They played some tough opponents. Um, and I think Michigan is a good spot for them to get right. 
You know, I got burned when I faded Michigan uh, against Delaware. I, I think that says more about Delaware not being as good, though, than does Michigan. Michigan, you know, recently kind of came down to earth a little bit against Harvard. Um, so that's where I, I, I like Notre Dame minus two and a half here. Um, and this is one, too, where it's, you know, like you said, might be better uh, to wait. Um, but right now the spread does say, you know, it's minus 140. Um, so, you know, I don't know how how much longer you do want to wait. If if I'm myself, I might actually play this now and then see, you know, put a little bit on it now and see what happens because, you know, if you're getting Notre Dame minus three and a half, I still like it, but always feels a little bit better when you can get uh, minus two and a half. Yeah, that that is the risk you run when you're waiting for the markets. The market, you know, feels great when you read the market and you nail the play, but sometimes you lose one point of value. That's the difference of winning by a half point or losing by a half point. Good point made there by Hutton. Utah plus five and a half. Notre Dame laying the two and a half. Some best bets from the squad here. He's Hutton Jackson from the Action Network. I'm Dan Alexander from WagerTalk and Gambling.com. We also got Justin Byers from Front Office Sports. Thanks for rolling with us here. We got a little NLL talk before we open it up for a little Q&A, and you can drop your favorite plays for this weekend. I'm going to have Hutton run a little bit more point on this one, but as far as the NLL, last week, uh, you know, good week to be an underdog. The Firewolves, PCLC, a.k.a. Panther City, and the New York Riptide all getting the one-and-a-half as underdogs. They don't only cover that one-and-a-half. I love the Riptide boys. I, I that's, that's the one team in NLL that I've been, like, cashing on because you know I love my underdogs, and they have been solid in that underdog role Finally, they get some outright wins to come with it. But uh, all those teams get these straight-up wins as underdogs. And, you know, there there was some solid action, some other upsets that we were looking at. And also, Hutton, some movement in the future markets before we talk a little trade deadline heat-up action. Um, what were you seeing in the NLL this past weekend? Uh, not to my own horn, but I felt like I read this weekend pretty well. It was a lot of, you know, games that we had seen before, whereas, you know, you saw the Firewolves play Halifax before. Um, wasn't it bold enough to take them on the money line, but um, I felt really comfortable taking them at plus one and a half, um, and they ended up winning outright again against the Thunderbirds. Thunderbirds were down when they first these two, two teams first played, um, so that was kind of, you know, my hesitation was maybe taking them on the money line, but um, this Firewolves team can beat anybody. We're going to talk about them a little bit later, but – um they've shown that they're good enough to beat anybody despite right now having a losing record um you know they're sitting still in a playoff spot um it's really going to come down to them the swarm and the wings who wings right now are reeling they have not been a good team to bet on recently um but likewise the riptide are another team i've loved betting on this game particularly uh was one that i loved because i thought they should probably have been the favorites against the Nighthawks, despite losing the Nighthawks earlier in the season. I just think they've been playing better. Um, you know, they've been playing tighter games. And then you added in, I had already placed a bet on this. I ended up doubling down because uh, Ryland Hartley, the goaltender for the Nighthawks, went out. Uh, he wasn't going to suit up. So it just looked, looked more and more better as it was going along. And it was funny. We actually had, I believe, a, an error on BetMGM's part. So usually DraftKings puts their lines out for NLL a little bit earlier um bet mgm then kind of follows suit and they had mixed up the juice uh, um when they were when they were doing this and so you could have gotten originally i was like oh, i like the riptide you know on the money line i think you know there's probably going to be a little bit more value there the riptide on the money line were plus 105 and they had accidentally given instead of given a 
uh, Riptide plus one and a half, making it minus 140. They swapped it, and it was plus 115. So you could get Riptide plus one and a half for a better value than you could that on the money line. So I ended up hammering hard that <laughs> I plus one and a half. It was the most I had put down in on one single team uh, game, and it, it paid off. They ended up winning outright. Um, I would have backed them on the money line if it was better value, but you know if you're getting plus one fifteen as opposed to plus one hundred five, you got <laughs> got to take the points there. Um, and sure enough, it it had switched uh, like a few uh, day later. They finally did adjust it correctly to what it should been, and you had to pay minus one forty um, to get that plus one and a half. So it pays to line shop because um, in that this instance it was an error. But even when there aren't errors and you know there's actually just better value on other sports books, um, it pays just to shop around. But um, those were my two favorite plays. And then I didn't see Panther City coming, but that was another big win. They're currently 3-0, and so that might be a tease of where I'm going uh, this week. Yeah, and, and I think also with now we're starting to get down the line and playoffs are starting to come into form a little bit more. I think, you know, before we talk a little bit of a future move, and maybe if you've been listening to Bet on the Cross, you have a potential money-making opportunity with a pretty solid ticket in your pocket that we're going to talk about here in just a second. You know, he points out there, JB, even just more of a industry thing about really shopping around for lines because sometimes you'll be able to find these little market inefficiencies. And, you know, it's not to take advantage of the bookmaker or say, oh, you made a big mistake, so I'm going to, you know, hammer you both hands and whatever. It's just if you're a savvy better and you have more outs than just one book, more often than not, you're going to set yourself up to be successful. So I'm just wondering with where you're at, how many sports betting outs do you potentially have? And do you try and, if not place on all of those different outs, at least be aware of maybe what the different lines are that are out there, not only in NLL lacrosse, but just as more of a macro betting thing, because we not only aim to help you cash tickets, we aim to make you better betters each and every week. Do you try shopping around for lines or is how your market is? You really have one provider and, uh, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't. I'm actually huge on line shopping. And that's the best way to kind of get better as a gambler and also learn more about what you're doing and how you're doing it. And I think it's it's good to kind of kind of gauge how you're going to spend your money and the return you're getting. The more you're able to do that, the more you're able to to kind of get an edge. And for example, today there's a Dortmund uh, mains game. And I think there was a live line that DraftKings had at over one and a half goals plus 200. And it just might've been a glitch, but of course I'm going to take that when Dortmund's playing and um, within five, six minutes it cashed. So that just goes to show you that it's, it's important to kind of look at your book and the movement. It's looking while you're watching the game. That's going to uh, kind of help you get a better experience at a bank as well. You're going to have a lot more fun. You're going to be able to exhaust all your resources a lot better. Yeah, and, you know, it's tough, too, with lacrosse. Like, this is more general betting because with lacrosse, you really only have DraftKings um, for these college lines, whereas NLL, you have DraftKings and BetMGM. Um, but, you know, it does pay, you know, to, to kind of check because I've noticed that BetMGM tends to be, you know, a little bit um, more favorable, you know, if you wait, their odds tend to come out a little bit later than DraftKings, but you end up getting a little bit more value if you wait. And then, you know, even though we're not getting BetMGM giving, uh, uh, you know, college lines weekly, they actually have future odds up too. So if you like a team 
um, you know, his future odds and you're looking on DraftKings, you're like, oh, I wish it was a little bit better. Check that at MGM. They have college future lines or future odds up there as well. Um, and you might be able to get a little bit more value there too. So it, it pays just to check, you know, this is more for betting on other sports just because we really only have two sports book providers, but once the PLL rolls around, we'll probably have a little bit more. Um, and actually NLL too has Caesars. So that's three there in the NLL. Uh, I think PLL last year, we had around four or five different books. So um, definitely pace a line shop, even though you can't really do it too much in the college season. Yeah, I, I think another terrific point because again, we're we're trying to help you be able to be a just savvy better. You know, that's what it's all of us versus the guy at the counter who hopefully is paying us more money than than we're ending up paying him. So uh, you know, some some good kind of macro stuff there. Now, Hutton, you kind of alluded to the futures there. We a while ago were talking about potentially placing a future on the Firewolves, not only just because we thought they were maybe a team that was trending upwards a little bit, but also just at a sheer value standpoint, plus 2,500. It's now all the way down to plus 1,600. So, you know, lost, you know, about 900 there worth of value. And I'm just wondering, as, as now that ticket is in our pocket, are you feeling better about it? Are you feeling worse? And as playoffs are starting to come into shape, you know, trade deadline just passed as well. You know, how do you feel about that ticket and, and what's it kind of shaping up? If people are holding that ticket, what kind of opportunities are we, are we potentially uh, eyeing up being able to make some money down the stretch on it? If, if not that cashing, which would be just as nice, I'll, I'll take that. But maybe some other ways that we could uh, we could potentially hedge out maybe some of the matchups that they could potentially be facing. Yeah, you know, I mentioned the Firewolves are still on the bubble. They're a bubble team, but right now they have some quality wins and they're looking great. And I think really they can beat anybody. So I'm feeling great about um, getting in at that plus 2,500. Now plus 1,600, I still kind of like it. And I think this is where you want to start looking at which teams do you really think can make a playoff run and where can you get value? Because right now you're looking at the board, you have the Bandits, Thunderbirds, Seals, and Rock are all kind of like those top four teams where you got Bandits are the favorites at plus 250, Thunderbirds and Seals are both plus 350, and Rock are plus 500. Now, if you really think those teams are going to win it all, which I think those are, you know, arguably the top four teams in the league go ahead place it on one you know and open up some hedge opportunities later down the road but i think too it's fair to look at you know the swarm are in a pretty good position to make a playoff spot they're plus three thousand they're even worse than the firewolves now i think the firewolves are a better team so that's where i'm leaning firewolves here but you got another team like the warriors who you know we've been talking about they've kind of looked a little bit worse as the season's gone along but they're still plus three thousand they're a team that is in a good spot to win the playoff spot too. Whereas like there's other teams with longer odds, like the rush roughnecks, uh, you know, and Panther city, they could actually all potentially still make the playoffs, but they're a risk, you know, they're you're risking your future dying before the playoffs even start. So that's where, you know, right now, if I'm looking to place a future, it's really be on the firewolf swarm or maybe even the mammoth at plus 1200 um, just because of the value standpoint. But I feel great about firewolves because firewolves get in at the seventh or eighth seed they could potentially play bandits thunderbirds or seals you know those are probably going to be the top three teams they've beaten the thunderbirds twice they beat the seals two weeks ago and they took the bandits down to the wire only losing by one um in their second matchup so i feel great about the firewolves especially if they are able to you know upset one of those teams in the first round then you get in the playoff series and the semis and that you know future gets a, even more valuable because if they go up in a series, you can hedge by playing the other side. So, um, you know, whether it's the Firewolves or one of these teams with longer odds that are in, you know, a good spot to make the playoffs, um, I think it, it's really 
a good opportunity right now. Now that we kind of know what these teams are, we've had enough to see what they were. You know, some of these teams like the Rush, if you got in early on them, you're really kicking yourself because they were like plus 550 at the start of the season. And here they are, you know, plus 4,000, probably not going to even make the playoffs. They're last in the West. So um, that's why it sometimes pays to wait. Like we mentioned on that uh, futures episode we did, you know, a long time ago, it, it pays to wait sometimes. Yeah. And that's perfect example with how fluid and liquid futures markets are. That's why as far as preseason futures, they're fun because you get to show your buddies. Oh my goodness. I'm a genius. I called him from the beginning of the season. As far as value, unless you have some really good information-driven stuff, I'm just not really crazy about betting futures. Now, as far as matchups this week, it's a solid slate. Um, I don't have any official plays, so I'll let you kind of see if you have anything that's a little bit more actionable. But as far as the matchups this week, um, I'm just sad I don't have the bandits to just hammer the bandits. That's That's been one of my favorite things to do is just – uh, take the uh, the chaos uh, version uh, as the uh, box lacrosse team and uh, and just hammer them with two fists. It's worked really well for me. So then I had to actually dive in, um, and the juice is keeping me off this play, but I, I, I just don't know if the mammoth at this point with what we're kind of seeing this kind of streak that they're in should be really laying over a goal. So they're playing the Warriors and I wish that it was maybe they were laying a goal against to a team who hasn't also kind of been on a bit of a skid in the Warriors case. Um, so I lean getting a one and a half goals with the Warriors, but the trade of Tyson Gibson, how is that going to shake out for the mammoth? That could probably add a little bit of boon to their game as well. So, um, you know, I, I just didn't see if there was anything that really screamed, Hey, here's some value to me as far as the NLL slate. Um, any, anything that kind of stood out a little bit more to you? Do you have anything that you would maybe stamp on a, a best bet or just maybe some matchups that you're eyeing this week, Hutton? Yeah, I have one best bet that uh, I'll get to. But, uh, yeah, I think an interesting thing is the trade deadline. I mean, some of these moves we did not see ha- you know, happening. The Tyson Gibson one was huge. You know, they drafted him number one overall two years ago. It was, uh, you know, kind of a debate whether it was going to be him or Andrew Q, who's now in the Firewolves. Um, they draft him number one overall. He won Rookie of the Year. Uh, before the COVID shutdown, and they trade him to the Mammoth. That one left me scratching my head. They get back Tyler Digby. They get Ron John, who's also a really capable rookie, and they get a draft pick. So the return was fair, but to move one of those pieces, I think that's a huge win for the Mammoth, Um, and I think he's going to make an instant impact. But um, going off the trade deadline, a lot of teams made moves, and it kind of actually turns me off of them, even the teams that, you know, presumably got better. You know, the Seals added Brett Hickey from the – the wings, I, I think that he's going to be a big piece. Uh, Dawson Thede from Panther City now goes to Halifax. You know, Halifax had already made a move for Sean Evans. So a lot of these moves make these, you know, top teams better. But I I need to wait and see kind of how the chemistry works. You know, I don't know if I necessarily want to play, um, you know, some of these teams that made moves. You know, Seals minus one and a half against a Mammoth team that will be on their second game of the weekend. That's one that I may be like looking at. I'm leaning you know, seals, the juice is minus 135 right now on DraftKings. So maybe wait till that MGM comes out. Might be able to get a little bit better value there. Um, you know, Swarm, they added stuff LeBlanc, uh, you know, kind of to add some depth to that right side. So I don't know. They're playing a Firewolves team, though. Is that is he really going to push them over the edge? I don't know. So a lot of these trades, I think, have made these teams a lot better looking going into the postseason. I just don't think there's that much value from a betting perspective. Um, but as I mentioned, there is one best bet that I really do like this weekend and Panther city. I mentioned they're three, they've gone three and zero the past three games. Uh, they ended up scoring the most goals 
for a single team this whole season, ironically, with 20 last week um, and just a shellacking of this rush team. And uh, they're playing Calgary. And the last game time they played Calgary this year, it's 13 to 12. They covered that one and a half. They're getting the one and a half again. It's minus 105, so it's not even that much juice to lay. Uh, I think you play, you put a half a unit on the money line at plus 150 and half a unit on their spread and uh, ride it out. I think this Panther City team is playing way better. You know, trading Dawson Thede is a little bit, you know, hurts a little bit. You know, he's a big part of that defense, but um, I, I think they're going to be just fine against a Calgary team that hasn't really been that impressive either. Um, so it's kind of an ugly game to bet on. You know, neither of these teams are really looking like, you know, playoff contenders. Uh, Panther City and Calgary, I think I still probably have a chance, but their their chances are slipping, um, and they're almost as bad as the Rush, who are now sitting last. So um, one or two more losses from these teams, and they'll be out. Um, but we can still bet on one in the meantime. I love it, and you know it doesn't take me much to say, oh, yeah, I'll bet on an underdog. That That works for me. I'm going to split up, do a little half unit on Panther City, getting the one and a half. I'm going to ride with Hutton, do a little half unit on them on the money line as they're rolling a little bit. So if you want to give our, our us your best plays of the week, just hit that request button. We'll have you hop on into our space, and you can let us know what you're thinking. But in the meantime, while you can uh, drop your request in there to recap, we like Panther City getting the one and a half and maybe a little sprinkle on the money line as well in the box side of things. We also, on the field side of things, in NCAA action, Justin and I both co-signing Utah plus five and a half, and Hutton and I both co-signing Notre Dame laying the two and a half. So let's eat this weekend. Appreciate you tuning in and listening to Bet on Lacrosse. Want to remind you, you can always like and uh, check us out here. Obviously, our Bet on Lacrosse handle. Check us out at Pro Lacrosse Bets as well. But that's our thoughts on the NLL and NCAA slate. And uh, before we wrap it, we'll throw in one little uh, one little ender here. We got Billy C, who's always joining in and giving us great plays on Twitter, always being super active. So I'm glad that he requested in to join in here as well. So uh, Billy C, you're going to get the final word, man. What are you thinking? You always do a great job with these write-ups on Twitter, so much analysis. You got market stuff you're studying. So Billy C, we appreciate you, man, listening into the entire space. What are you eyeing this week as you're betting on lacrosse? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. Huge fan of the pod, huge fan of the sport. Um, Looking at Friday, I like Hopkins. They're now minus three and a half on DraftKings. I think they had a great game against Syracuse last week. Um, Also going with you guys on the Notre Dame to get right over Michigan, minus two and a half. I had them last week. It was a was a tough beat. Uh, they gave up five man of goals, lost by three, had them, you know, to win by two. Um, so that was a, a bit of a brutal beat, but uh, definitely like them to get right against Michigan. And then uh, I'm hopping on the Wahoo train uh, plus one. I'm going to do similar to what Hutton did uh, enough on the uh, spread to cover the money line bit. Love it. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm going to kick you out of the space. You're going against me, Billy. What the hell? No, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I just think that, uh, you know, last year when they, the national championship and they were an underdog, I thought that was uh, some disrespect and took them on the money line in the national championship last year. And I'm thinking they still have their best player in Schellenberger and Maryland, uh, you know, doesn't have Bernhardt anymore. Uh, so very similar teams. Also what J, uh, JB was saying about um, – you know, them doing the little things, like their ride is unbelievable, and that, that will wear a team down. Great yeah, points you make there, man. JB, what do you got for Billy? No, I love it. Yeah, they, 
they do the little things right. That's that's why I love UVA. They've got a you know Lars Tiffany's a great coach, and they play like they look like they're having fun out there, and that's why I really respect UVA lacrosse, and that's why I think they're going to get that dub on Saturday. Yeah, definitely that uh, all the little things right, the ground balls, the ride, um, and yeah, I just I think UVA is, is the train to be on this year. I have a uh, future on them to win it all, plus four twenty five. So, Schellenberger for Toronto time, by the way. <laughs> is there a market for Toronto? Uh, that would be cool. there isn't, but that would be awesome. That's actually a really good idea. We gotta. Maybe start chirping at. Uh, have you seen any of those markets, Hutton? Any on 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 any? Because I know you got people all over the place. I, I wish they did. I mean, that maybe would be awesome. Like a offshore book or something. I don't really look there, but uh, you know, DraftKings, BetMGM, nothing yet. Um, I hope they add them. You know, I feel like they just aren't comfortable knowing. Yeah. Who, you know, to set those lines. Um, yeah. Set those- Looking at uh, too at the the championship future right now, Virginia is down to four hundred. Um, so that's, that's cool that, that there's some movement on it. I probably will be looking to maybe hedge it later in the season. Once, uh, once somebody else stands out a bit more, that's a clear contender for sure. Yeah. I, I, uh, I wish I would have gotten on a little bit earlier. I mean, I don't think they've gone down too much, but like, I, I feel, I, I would be feeling pretty good right now about that because especially if you like them to win this weekend, it's only going to get, you know, the value's only going to get sucked out more. So that's why I'm, I'm kind of hoping whoever loses this game, their odds, get a little bit longer so I can, you know, put my future in there. That's why I'm kind of waiting for this game. They're both six and oh, so you're kind of buying them at the the top of the market if you're trying to buy them right now. So um hoping that they kind of dip a little bit, whoever loses, but also loved your uh your point about if you're in Virginia and getting the 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 non you know the non state teams to win. Uh unfortunately I'm up in Boston, but if I was down there I would definitely be looking to do something like that. Yeah, I, I mean I'm in Jersey so that's why I'm I'm Excited. Hopefully that Princeton and Rutgers continue to play strong and then from Virginia. So if I go back down there, I might, might have to have to play something down there and uh, hopefully get that runner up little ticket thing too. It's very interesting. Shout out to Arise Belcher for pointing that out to me because I did not realize that. Um, and it makes sense too. There's really no other way you could score it. If uh, you know, I mean, I guess you could score it as a push, but these books, you know, want, they don't want your money, but they want to incentivize you to, place of future so yeah. it's very interesting um so if we get a Rutgers Princeton Virginia and anybody else final four that would be great Hutton will be all pumped up for that well Billy man appreciate you hopping in appreciate you listening in and uh keep those plays coming on Twitter man we love seeing it we love the interaction that's what it's all about we're all going to continue to grow the game together so I hope you cash all your tickets this weekend, except your Virginia. I'm rooting for you on every single one of them, except for that. But thanks for hopping in. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, guys. It's great. Appreciate you, brother. So there it is. We got on both of our Twitter spaces, boys. We got a live listener hopping in with us. That's what it's all about. Want to remind you, Justin Byers, he's with FOS, a business writer, does a terrific job. He's even been breaking news. Whether Ian Rappaport wants to give FOS crew, you know, a, a nod or not, they're the ones breaking the news, doing a great job with FOS Sports. Justin, thanks again for We're coming up. for them. We're putting them on notice, baby. We're That's notice. what I'm talking about. They got eyes everywhere. So for JB, for Hutton Jackson, I'm Dan Alexander. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week on Bet on the Cross. Mm-hmm.